following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and... Man, I gotta tell you, I'm all by myself again. Yep, yep, that's right. I'm all by myself. And uh, Tyler, with the the holiday going on and whatnot, Tyler again became the most busy man in the world. Um, Our, you know, I'm not even gonna call him my co-host anymore, or one of my co-hosts. I'm just gonna call him a guest of the show at this point because Tyler hasn't been on here in in forever. He's been on here about what what one time in the last twelve twelve weeks here. And then Alex, you know, Alex, another busy man up there. And uh, yeah, you know, these guys are are too busy to bring you guys content, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. But but that's okay. It's the holiday, and folks, guess what? Your champion, your hero, your leader, your fearless leader is here to bring you content every single week. I'm going to continue bringing you content, even if I've got to do it my goddamn self. That's right. That's where we're headed here. So next week, when they get on the show, we're going to give them a hard time. I'm going to put them on trial. But for now, we've got some business to tend to because uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. We're two weeks away from playoff time, folks. Three weeks. Three weeks, actually. And and it's getting pretty exciting. Everything's getting a little tighter. Everybody is starting to clinch their playoff spots, all the playoff hopefuls. You got got people that are are holding on for dear life. You got folks that are coming out of the woodwork to try and make the playoffs at the last possible minute, like Jacksonville and Detroit. It's getting exciting. Hell, even the Packers. The Packers aren't even out of the woods yet. It's becoming a very interesting situation, but the playoffs are around the corner, folks, and uh, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year. You know it, and I know it. So it's Super Bowl season, baby. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna jump right in here. Um, you know, we had Week 15 just happen. Uh, all the excitement, all the excitement. We had we had the the greatest comeback of all time, according to the the NFL, the largest comeback of all time, and we're gonna be talking about that. Um, in this next segment here, but man, what well, what a weekend for football! What what a weekend! A lot of upsets in this. Uh, we and we got our our predictions to go over as well. And I got to tell you, when I say a lot of upsets, man, it really made our predictions this week look questionable. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It was not a good week for the lot of us. Um, so, with that being said. We're going to jump into the scores for Week 15 uh, here in the NFL because, uh, man, we got some stuff going on. So here are your scores for Week 15 in the NFL, starting out with the 49ers and the Seahawks. The 49ers dominate the Seahawks in this game, 21-13. Brock Purdy, I mean, once again, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant becoming Mr. Relevant. And out of nowhere in this game, George Kittle shows up for four receptions, 93 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Kittle having himself a game. Christian McCaffrey comes out, has himself a good game as well. 26 carries for 108 yards and a DD. I mean, this 49ers team, for defensively, they're special. They're a special, special team. And people need to realize, uh, you know, 
they need to realize how good this 49ers team is and just how dangerous they're going to wind up being in the playoffs. I, I, if there's any team that everybody keeps talking about, Dallas, no. If there's a team that I don't want to run into in the playoffs, it's the San Francisco 49ers. That, that's just, like, I, I mean, nobody wants to run into Dallas either, but if, if I have a choice between Dallas and San Fran, I'd rather take on Dallas. But that, maybe that's just me. But at the end of the day, Geno Smith goes out there, has himself a decent game. I mean, he, I mean, 31 for 44, 238, and a touchdown. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular, um, but it was good game-managing football, mistake-free football. That's wonderful. The, the thing that stands out to me about this game in, in particular, and by the way, with the victory in this game, the San Francisco 49ers uh, clinched themselves a playoff spot, and they clinched themselves the division. But... Uh, the, the, so the NFC West champions are your San Francisco 49ers. But I, I want to point out Kenneth Walker. And and Alex has been on his soapbox lately. Uh, and and, and any time I mention Kenneth Walker, Alex is like, well, when is he going to fall off the rookie rankings? When is he going to fall off? His stats haven't been good. Here's the problem with Kenneth Walker. I don't know that I can completely fault him for a lack of usage. Like, he only had 12 carries in this game for 47 yards. I mean, mathematically, and, and I hate to be this kind of guy because, like, I know it's all kind of assumption and whatever the case may be, but Kenneth Walker had 12 carries for 47 yards. Mathematically, if you gave him a proper workload uh, in this in this game against a very tough San Francisco defense, if you gave him 24 carries, then he winds up with 94 yards and, and maybe a touchdown. You don't know. So, Kenneth Walker, you know, even though his usage uh, uh, hasn't been up there lately, he's still playing good ball, and, and that's that's the thing that kind of gets me. He also had four receptions for 32 yards in this game, so he did have over 70, uh, 70 what, he had 79 yards from scrimmage? I mean, he, he didn't have a bad game. So, I, I, I just don't, I can't possibly, and we'll talk about the rookies a little bit later, I can't possibly fault Kenneth Walker for any of this, but Seattle, they, they've abandoned the run game, and I understand abandoning it against this very tough 49ers defense, but, you know, to me, uh, Kenny Kenny Walker needs to be utilized a lot more in the Seattle offense, and it's part of the reason why they're 7-7, seven or 7-7, seven and seven rather, is they're not utilizing their running backs, and they're not utilizing a, a running back as good as Kenneth Walker who is incredible. So, you know, the, Seattle is not going to do anything this year if they if they can't get their running game going. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. But in this game, they wind up dropping it 21-13. to uh, And uh, the 49ers are the NFC West Division champions. So uh, there's that. Um, now I'm going to skip this next game because we're going to be talking about it ad nauseum here. But uh, it's the Colts and the Vikings. We're, we're going to wind up talking about them very much after these scores. Uh, <clears throat> next up, we got the Browns and the Ravens. 13-3. Browns beat the Ravens. Uh, Tyler Huntley was starting at quarterback. Lamar Jackson was out. This, look, the, the Cleveland Browns aren't a good team, but I got to call our boy Tyler out here because, and, and he's going to get called out on several shows later if this doesn't change, but Tyler Huntley went 17-30 for 30 for 138 and a pick in this game against a very iffy Browns defense. This is not the same Browns defense that we've seen in previous years. And what we're seeing here right now is Tyler Huntley's playing like crap. And last year and all during the offseason, Tyler said, well, <clears throat> if Lamar Jackson goes down 
and he's not going to wind up being the starting quarterback. Or if he winds up leaving town over this contract situation, Tyler Huntley can start. He's great. He's going to be a good starter, and he can he can handle this Ravens offense and whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and I understand last year Tyler Huntley looked really, really good. But, no, not this year. Tyler Huntley doesn't look like the same guy that came in for Lamar last year and saved the day. Not even close. Not by a long shot. 17 for 30 for 138 and a pick against Cleveland? Come on now. So, <clears throat> you know, Tyler Huntley looking like shit in this game. On the other end, Deshaun Watson, he didn't look much better. 18 for 28, 161 and a touchdown. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I, I think he's kind of washed out at this point. I, I really do. I, I just, <clears throat> ever since he's returned, you know, it's been, it's been like, what are we doing here? I feel like the team was better off with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. I don't think Deshaun Watson is as uh, frightening as he used to be because he hasn't played for, he, I mean, before he came in a couple weeks ago, 700 days, folks. 700 days. So, <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, man. I mean, looking questionable at best, but. Uh, the Browns still get it done. A very low-scoring affair. It was a very boring game for a Saturday. A very boring four o'clock game. But at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns—they're um, six and eight. I mean, technically speaking, their their playoff chances are slim. I mean, right now, but I, I don't see them making the playoffs. And then the Ravens—if they do make the playoffs, right now they're nine and five, so they don't have a long way to go. But if they do make the playoffs, I, I see the Ravens, unless Lamar Jackson gets back on the field, I, I look at them and I see a very quick exit. So I, the, the Ravens are, are going to be struggling here. Uh, next up, a really fun game to end the Saturday games. Uh, the Bills beat the Dolphins 32-29. A very exciting game. Lots of passing going on there. Tua Tungabailoa was, was having a blast uh, throwing that ball around in the snow. But uh, and Jalen Waddle, man. Finally coming alive after a few games, he had the one big bomb. He only had three receptions on the day, but and one of them was a big bomb for a touchdown. But Jalen Waddle uh, finally getting involved here. Tyreek Hill also had a touchdown on the day. High scoring. I mean, what what else do you want there out of out of a game in the in, you know absolute blizzard? But Josh Allen, man, looking good. Twenty five for forty three oh four four touchdowns. It was a tough game to win, but they find they got it done, kicking the field goal for the W. You know, I like the Bills here. I, I think the Bills are still, you know, everybody keeps talking about how, oh, they peaked too early, and everybody's saying the same thing about the Eagles. Oh, they peaked too early. No, I see a Buffalo Bills team that is still as dangerous as ever, and the teams that they've been taking on lately, you know, like everybody's saying, oh, they're winning one-score games. They, they, you know what? These are tough teams. These aren't just, like, shithouse teams here. The New York Jets in Week 14 were not a shithouse team. They were a good team. I mean, really, I, I don't understand why, why people are saying that. The New England Patriots aren't some shitty team. You know, they have one of the best defenses in the league. So I don't understand why anybody's saying, oh, they're squeaking these one-score games out against these shitty teams. No, these are tough teams. Tough interdivision matchups. I, I just don't understand it. And then in Week 12, they took on the Lions. They beat the Lions 28-25. The Lions are red hot right now. So anybody who says that the Buffalo Bills are, are having a you know, an easy schedule or, or are eking out wins against bad teams that you're wrong and you don't know football. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's just what it is. 
Uh, this Dolphins team is one of the most high-powered offenses in the league, and the Bills have one of the most high-powered offenses in the league, and the Bills are also missing pieces on the defensive side of the football. I mean, it was bound to be a high-scoring game. I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. And at the end of the day, it was, I think, one of the highest-scoring games of the week, but at the end of the day, Bills pull it out 32-29, to um, and the Bills uh, you know, clinch a playoff spot with that W. So congratulations to them. Uh, next up, the Eagles and the Bears, 25-20 to for the Eagles. Um, you know, the Eagles get the W here. Jalen Hurts did not look good in this game, though. 22 for 37, 315, two picks. Uh, he did have 17 carries for 61 yards and three touchdowns, though. Uh, the big story of the day, though, A.J. Brown, man, nine receptions for 181 yards. Just a huge day for him. And then on the other end, you get Bustin Justin Fields, and he went 14 for 21 for 152. He had two touchdowns passing on the day. He didn't, he, I mean, technically he played mistake-free football, but 152 yards, eh, kind of iffy. I mean, I know he's taking on a tough Eagles defense, but I'm still not sold on old Bustin Fields there. I'm not. Um, so the, the Eagles... I mean, they continue to, uh, you know, their their path to clinching the number one overall spot in the playoffs. Uh, and the Bears, obviously, were eliminated weeks ago. They're staring down a top five pick. I mean, they're 3-11 and right now. It's it's a nightmare season for the, the Chicago Bears. I mean, and, you know, Ryan Poles has been made fun of horrendously on social media. Oh, we're going to take back the North and not give it back. Well, so much for that because you're 3-11, and pal. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, but at the end of the day, the Eagles, they're, uh, they continue their quest to clinch the number one spot in the playoffs. I think with a win today or a win this weekend, I think they wind up uh, clinching that number one spot. So the week, we could see that pretty quickly. Uh, next up, the Lions go out and squeak one out against the very tough Jets team. Uh, it's 20-17. to 17. The Lions get the W. Look, the Lions are almost, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, barring uh, something kind of crazy, they're a shoe in to make the playoffs. I mean, like, their schedule is soft. And not a lot of people realize just how soft their schedule is. I mean, look at this situation here. The Lions squeak one out against a tough Jets team. People don't realize just how good the Jets' defense is, by the way. I... I I forgot how good that defense is. That is a damn good defense. 20-17 to 17 against a, a Jets defense. And, and the Lions go out and they, they, they you know, get it on a last-minute pass to a tight end. I, it, I understand it's last minute, but people got to understand that this is a soft defense. And, and a lot of people got to realize that, like, realistically – this Lions team could wind up, could finish out this year 10-7 and seven with the last spot in the playoff. They, they really could. And a lot of it, I know, it depends on Washington and it depends on what the Giants do. But look at those the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants' uh, uh, schedules going into the, the playoffs. Or, go, you know, with the last three years, of the, or the last three weeks of the season here. Because, oh my lord, they're bound to lose either at least one or two of those games. And the Lions could overtake them there. I mean, it's it's getting interesting. And I'm almost like shitting my pants a little bit because I really, really don't want the Vikings to wind up in the two seed and run into the Lions after what the Lions did to us a few weeks ago. 
because um, the Lions wind up, wind up as a seven seed, the Vikings end up as a two seed, the Vikings wind up taking on the Lions in round one, which would be an absolute mess. So hopefully, you know, for, for my sanity, the, the Lions don't make the playoffs, but uh, if they do wind up the seven seed, I hope the Vikings drop down to the three seed or something because that's going to be a nightmare. On the other end, the, the Jets, uh, they're in all kinds of uh, trouble here. I mean, like, this in this specific game, Zach Wilson did not play poorly. Um, you know, he, he, I, I don't buy Zach Wilson though. I don't, I don't do that. I, I just, a lot of people were like all excited about Zach Wilson coming back. And I'm like, I would rather see Joe Flacco on the field. I understand Mike White is injured. I understand that, you know, Zach Wilson is a number two overall pick and you want to kind of give him as much rope as you can. And, you know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I'm not sold. I don't understand why people would be sold on this guy. He's been garbage since he came into the league, folks. In this game, he went 18 for 35 for 317 and two touchdowns. Good for him. But it's against one of the crappiest pass defenses in the entire league. I mean, let's be real. And if you watch that Thursday night football game that happened last night, you know and I know that this man is a mess. Joe Flacco should be in that game. Joe Flacco should be starting for that football team. I don't care what anybody has to say. Joe Flacco is the better quarterback. So what are we doing here, Jets? Because they're about to lose their playoff spot. They're about to lose their opportunity at a playoff spot um, because they felt like starting Zach Wilson. You know, and I like I said, if, if Mike White was healthy, there's no doubt in my mind Mike White should be in that game. And even then, I, I still think Joe Flacco is the best quarterback out of the three. I mean, he started the season, right? I mean, he, he was the guy that, that kicked off the year, right? And, and they played well early on, right? So why wouldn't you roll with Joe Flacco? Someone needs to explain that to me. I just, I don't understand it. But at the end of the day, Zach Wilson... Drops this one to the Lions, Zach Wilson and company. And Jared Goff, who says he's playing his best football of his career, kind of a pedestrian stat line here. 23, 23 for 38, 252 and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, it was okay. This is game-managing football, but I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like, like Jared Goff was some type of world-beater in this game. I understand the Jets' defense is tough, but, you know, your touch one, one pass to Brock Wright... Brock Wright saved your day there. He had one reception for 51 yards and a touchdown. He was the guy that saved your saved your life there as far as, as, far as uh, this game goes. But the Lions keeping their playoff hopes alive. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of shitting my pants about it. Uh, next up, the Steelers beat the Panthers 24-16. I mean, the Steelers narrowly keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're 6-8 right now. Um, they basically would have to, to win out and go 9-8 and to even have a chance. Um, Mitch Trubisky, you know, started for the, the Steelers. He had himself a decent game against a Carolina defense that actually has been decent as of late. Uh, Sam Darnold came into this game. I mean, we know how that goes. 14 for 23, 225 and a touchdown. Carolina's going to be looking for a new quarterback this year. I mean, let's, let's just face facts. They're going to go into that draft to probably draft their quarterback of the future. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, the, the Steelers, 
wind up topping the, the Panthers. I mean, just kind of a, a boring sort of game. Just the Steelers stomping them out. Panthers, their, their playoff hopes are dead now in, in the ground. Najee Harris came out, 24 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Look, I understand the Panthers have kind of a tough run defense, but Najee Harris, 24 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, that's a 3.6 average. That's not that good, to be honest with you. And and I'm kind of – I don't think Najee Harris is the same guy that we saw last year. I You know, a lot of people were, were all excited about Najee, but I wasn't fooled by the, the running game. A lot of people just saw those all-purpose yards and, and started soaking their jockeys over it. You know, if he's going to be doing the all-purpose yards thing, that's one thing. But, like, in this situation, he didn't catch a single pass out of the backfield. 24 carries, 86 yards. I'm just convinced that Najee Harris maybe just isn't a good running back. Maybe that's just me. But I just don't think he's that good. So, at the end of the day, though, Steelers beat the Panthers 24-16 here. Uh, next up, Chiefs go out and beat the Texans. A much closer game than anticipated. Patrick Mahomes goes 36 for 41, 336, two touchdowns in this game. I mean, that's a Patrick Mahomes kind of day. Uh, and, you know, I, I got to give Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, big ups here because everybody's going to say, well, I was just the Texans. The Texans have been really good against opposing quarterbacks this year, believe it or not. They, they have, like, one of the best defenses against opposing quarterbacks, one of the best pass defenses in the league. Um, the Patrick Mahomes, to be as accurate he is, as he is, to put up 336, two touchdowns against this defense, I mean, mistake-free football, it was it was a really good game for Patty Mahomes. And the Texans side, I mean, Davis Mills got the start, 12, 12 for 24, 121. He had two touchdowns on the day, but, man, I mean, he, he did not play well. 50% completion percentage on the day. I, I mean, it is what it is. And obviously, they, they did not have Damian Pierce on the field. Royce Freeman uh, drew the start. He had 11 carries for 51 yards. I mean, just a 4.6 average. Just an iffy day for for uh, the Texans here. I mean, they still stayed alive in this game. Uh, but, man, <laughs> just a mess. They went to overtime. The Chiefs wound up getting the W by, I mean, a touchdown in overtime. I mean, that's that's the Kansas City Chief way, right? Nobody expected this game to go to overtime. Um but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, the Chiefs wind up getting the W here, 11-3. They've got their playoff, their playoff ticket stamped, uh, and, and they're well on their way to the playoffs. So the Chiefs, 30-24 over the Texans. Uh, next up, the Saints go out and beat the Falcons 21-18. I mean, sort of a surprise, sort of a surprise, surprise here. It's just kind of an interesting situation. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith goes out and, and uh, starts Desmond Ritter in this game. He goes 13 for 26 for 97 yards. I mean, obviously, we know Marcus Mariota last week. He, he wound up, uh, you know, going in and having knee surgery and whatever the case. So, you know, it, it's just kind of an interesting thing to see Desmond Ritter. I mean, I don't think he's the same guy from college. You know that that in the you know that he is in the pros. I think in in, in the pros, Desmond Ritter is not going to survive in the NFL. I don't think he's a starting NFL quarterback. I think the Falcons are going to kind of be going back to the drawing board, a la Cleveland Browns here, and looking for their quarterback in the future. They're going to have to draft one, and they're going to have to draft one early. And you might see a guy like maybe a Hendon Hooker falling in this team. Hendon Hooker would be a great pick, but. Uh, yeah, the Falcons, man, they, they dropped this one. And, and uh, the big story for them is Tyler Algier. I mean, maybe I was wrong all along seeing this stat line. Uh, Algier goes 17 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown. The boy was pumped up. And, and 
Cordero Patterson only got outpaced by Algier by three carries, and, and Patterson had went 14 carries for 52 yards. He did get in the end zone one time. You know, this may be the proving point that maybe I was wrong all along about Tyler Algier. Maybe Arthur Smith is onto something, and they had that run game really hopping. But, uh, you know, he might be that running back of the future, and especially if he's on a running back or he's on a, a rookie friendly deal here, a team friendly rookie deal. Oh, buddy. You, you may see Tyler Algier uh, as the starting running back for the, the Atlanta Falcons. Meanwhile, the Saints, I mean, Andy Dalton is bullshit. Let's, let's just be real. That guy is terrible. 11 for 17, 151. He did have two touchdowns on the day. Uh, Alvin Kamara had 21 carries for 91 yards. He had himself a decent game, a, dec a decent game, rather. Um, and, you know, Chris Olave, three receptions for 53 yards. But, man, Jawan Johnson, Rashid Shaheed got involved. They, each of them had uh, had some touchdown action there. Um, but, look, Andy Dalton is a problem. Having him on the field as a starter is a problem. I think having Jameis Winston on the field is a problem for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints need to go out and draft a quarterback. That's what they're going to have to do. They're 5-9. and nine. They're, they're going to be, you know, possibly in a top-10 draft pick situation. The New Orleans Saints need to draft a quarterback and, and they, needed, they needed to do it like two years ago, uh, you know, on the heels of Drew Brees leaving, but they decided to keep rolling around with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton and all these other quarterbacks. Forget that. Go draft your quarterback in the future. First round, go find him. So the Saints wind up pulling one out 21-18. Um, just a, it's kind of like, you know, toothless lion, you know, gumming a... a dead zebra you know i mean that's kind of what it is so the these uh both these teams just miserable both of them are out of the playoffs just a mess so we'll see what they do in the future next up the jags go out and beat the cowboys in overtime big surprise here uh trevor lawrence has been red hot lately the jags have won you know as of last night and we'll talk about it shortly, but the Jags have won three straight, folks. They're keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're 6-8 and eight right now, but they still have a chance to win their division. And the the it's looking like the path has become much more clear for the Jags. Like, I don't know if anybody's realized that. The Jaguars have a pretty easy schedule moving forward. And they're 6-8 and eight right now. I mean, they, and they just beat the Dallas Cowboys 40-34 to in an awesome comeback victory. Trevor Lawrence goes 27 for 42, 318. He throws four touchdowns on the day, and, has, and he did throw a pick, but it was early on in the game. And then you got Travis Etienne, 19 carries for 103 yards. He may very well be the real deal if he can stay healthy. And then the weird one was Zay Jones getting six receptions for 109 yards and three touchdowns on the day. A huge day for Zay Jones. I, you know, it's they always have these weird contributors over there with Jacksonville. And maybe it's just a Doug Peterson thing. I don't know. But he always has, like, these strange guys contributing to the success of his football team. If you would have told me that Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, or Marvin Jones, or Jamal Agnew, or Jamichael Hasty, or Travis Etienne would be the, the contributors at the skill positions. I mean, Christian Kirk was a number two receiver out in Arizona for a while. Even a number three or number four at times. Zay Jones... You know, everybody expected him to be something special, and he never was. And then out of nowhere, six receptions for 190, or 109 and three touchdowns. I, It's unbelievable to me. Evan Ingram has been hurt all the time. And he, he left New York, I mean, 
practically begging, people are begging for him to be gone. Evan Ingram, the last four games, has been spectacular. I just, I don't understand it, but, uh, I mean, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars keeping their playoff hopes alive, and they have a very clear path to winning that division. I, I repeat, winning that division. If they win out, they go 9-8, and eight, and they really honestly could take the, South, the AFC South. This has gotten really interesting really quick, and uh, I'm, I'm totally here for it. But the Jags, they get the W, 40-34 to 34 over a very tough Cowboys team. And then on the other end, Dak Prescott, 20 for 3 for 30, 256, three touchdowns. He also threw two picks on the game, on the day. Dak Prescott, he's been good since he came back, but he still hasn't been the same Dak Prescott. He just he just hasn't been. Uh, C.D. Lamb had seven receptions for 126 on the day. Tony Pollard led the team in rushing, 19 carries for 75 yards, but Zeke was the one that got into the end zone. He had 16 carries for 58 yards. Look, I, I get that we're paying Zeke huge money. I get the Dallas Cowboys are just choking up the huge cash for Zeke Elliott, but I don't care. Tony Pollard's the better runner at this point. I like Zeke. Don't get me wrong, I like Zeke. And I think this two-headed attack is, is something really special, and it keeps both guys healthy. But Tony Pollard's a better runner. This is Tony Pollard's team. At least I feel that way. But at the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys, they do drop this one. Uh... 40 to 34. They got a tough matchup versus the Eagles this week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, the Cowboys, I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I don't see them, you know, uh, winning their division if they continue playing like this. Uh, they're going to have to be better than that. Uh, next up, the Broncos go out and beat the Cardinals. You know, I I want to say I'm surprised by this, but I'm not because Colt McCoy, he who started the game, he went 13 for 21 for 78 yards and a pick. He gets hurt. Trace McSorley comes into this game. He plays poorly. I mean, if anybody thought Trace McSorley was going to be anything special, you know, please, for the love of God, you know, just stop watching football. But, um, you know, the Cardinals, they got Trace McSorley's got his work cut out for him because he's taking on the Bucks next week. Uh, and you know what? Frankly, I, I mean, if you don't, if you have that Bucks defense, you need to be starting them uh, this upcoming week. But, uh James Conner, 16 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. He hasn't been the same guy that we're used to seeing. Uh, and, and he's kind of come down to earth. Last year was such a special year for him. And then this year, garbage. So, uh, And then on the other side, the Broncos, you know, they put up 24 points, which is almost like a miracle. But let's remember, Russ Wilson was not in the game. Uh, also, Latavius Murray, man, uh, he has stabilized that running back position, this combination of him and Marlon Mack. But it's primarily Latavius 24, for, 24 carries for 130 yards. He had a 5.4 average and one touchdown. I, I mean, hey, I don't know what it is about Latavius these last week or so, but he's been special. I don't know if anybody realizes that. Latavius Murray has been red hot. So, Latavius Murray, man, uh, putting the team on his back, carrying him to victory here, and, and uh, the Broncos get the W, 24-15. You know what? Maybe the Broncos should just leave Brett Rippian out there for the rest of the year. I mean, he didn't look half bad. Twenty-one for thirty or twenty-one for twenty-six, one ninety-seven, a touchdown. Very accurate football for him. He did have a pick, but hey, you know what? He was pretty accurate on the day. I might not see, might not mind seeing more of Brett Rippian here. So the Broncos get it done, twenty-four fifteen. Next up, we got the Raiders and the Patriots. One of the craziest finishes I have ever seen. Uh, you know, first of all. Look, Ramadre Stevenson got the yardage that they needed. 
and and uh, the Patriots got a little too fancy schmancy to end this game. Ramadre Steven Ramadre Stevenson runs the ball, gets a first down, gets him into a uh, uh, field goal range, laterals the ball back uh, to to Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, for whatever reason, decides to throw the ball back to the the quarterback here uh, and to Mac Jones, and it gets picked up. You know, it was a really really bad throw. Chandler Jones catches the lateral and starts running back toward the end zone. Completely strong arm just demolishes Mac Jones on his way to the end zone. Takes it all the way to the house for the TD um, on the last play of the game. I mean, it was just the, the craziest, one of the craziest walk-offs I think I've ever seen um, in football. But Mac Jones didn't play well in this game. 13 for 31. What a miserable fucking game. A miserable fucking game to have against a really shitty Raiders defense because the Raiders defense is not good. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson, though, 19 carries for 172 and a touchdown. I mean, you can't really uh, sneeze at that. Stevenson was something special this week. He really was, and he deserves all the credit in the world for the way he played. Uh, just a monster game for him, uh, and and it's good to see that because, uh, you know, he, he has been kind of iffy the last three weeks. But now he's, he seems to be back in the saddle here. Um, as for the Raiders, you know, weirdly enough, their playoff hopes are still alive. I can't believe I said that at 6-8, and eight, but it is. Uh, Derek Carr goes 20-38 for 38 for 231. He had three touchdowns and a pick on the day. Josh Jacobs, who has well, at one point was leading the league in rushing, he had 22 carries for 93 yards, a 4.2 average. Not a bad day for the Raiders offensively. Derek Carr spreading the ball around a lot. Darren Waller kind of comes alive. He did have three receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. You haven't seen him all year. You haven't seen Darren Waller all year long. He shows up, gets his three catches for, and, and 48 and a touchdown. I mean, hey, more power to him. I mean, but, you know, Darren Waller, that one thing about him is he's just got to stay healthy if he wants to be a special player for this team. But the, the Raiders go out and get it done, 30-24. to 24. I mean, the Patriots are one step closer to uh, – having their playoff hopes dashed for the upcoming season, or for this uh, postseason, rather. Uh, next up, the Chargers go out and beat the Titans 17-14. Ryan Tannehill gets hurt in this game. Malik Willis winds up coming in um, just for a few passes. Tannehill goes 15-22 for 22 for 165 and an interception. That guy is not a starting quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback, Tyler. Just throwing that out there to you. Uh, Derrick Henry. Gets 21 carries for 104 and a touchdown. You know, this game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, a lot of that was because of the fact that Justin Herbert did not play mistake-free football. He went 28 for 42, 313. He threw for he threw two picks in the day. I, I mean, I just, you know, the Chargers are, are on their way right now. They're technically, I think they might be in the playoffs, but and we'll be looking at that playoff picture in a minute. But the Chargers are... You know, they've been winning some tight games lately. Some really close ones. And and a lot of that has to do with the, the turnover differential. A lot of it. And the fact that they're they're kind of back in the saddle after kind of having a rough a rough patch where they, they didn't have, you know, all their, their starters on the field and, and they were missing a ton of receivers. And Justin Herbert went through that. If they make the playoffs, I think they deserve to make the playoffs at that point because of the way that they had to go through all those weeks with, with you know, really no receivers on the field. Justin Herbert had to do it by himself, him and Austin Eckler, really. 
and and they got it done. And and I get it. A lot of people are talking about Josh Palmer and all. Oh, Josh Palmer is going to be, you know, uh, uh, he's something special. And Josh Palmer's the man and whatever else. No, 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 no. Let's just be real. Josh Palmer is is a, a number three receiver that got paraded out there as a number one. And I know we want to preach next man up, but you know, it's it's kind of. Eh. As it stands right now, the Chargers do hold the sixth seed, by the way. So they, they would be the sixth seed if it ended today. But you got a lot of teams nipping at their heels. It's going to be interesting. And the Chargers are going to have to... I mean, I could definitely see the Chargers possibly missing the playoffs for the second year in a row in the same fashion that they missed it last year in Week 18. So we're going to find out what the Chargers are made of in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next up, we got the Bengals. And the, then the Bucks. the Bengals go out and beat the Bucks 34-23. The Bengals clinch a playoff spot this last week. Um, you know, the, the Bengals, they had a rough start to the season. For them to come back to be 10-4, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Let's let's be real. Pretty impressive. And the Bengals, they, they're clinched as, as, right now, they're the three seed. They've, they've won the NFC North. Um, they've clinched a playoff spot. I mean, they're 10-4. and four. Hey, rock and roll. More, more power to them. Actually, I take that back. They didn't clinch the division. They only clinched the playoff spot. But either way, the Bengals are in there right now as the number three speed. There's four, uh, number three seed. There's only four playoff spots left there in the AFC. Uh, the Bengals are, are a special team, and, and right now they're red hot. They could be well on their way to a repeat performance here getting into the Super Bowl. Right now, I mean, the... They are one of the more elite teams in the AFC. Let's just face facts. And, and it, a lot of it has to do with that receiving core. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Joe Burrow is something special. In this specific game, 27 for 39, 200 yards. He had four touchdown passes and a pick. Uh, uh, but he, he four touchdown passes. I mean, he only had 200 yards. I get that. But it's against a kind of a, a Bucks defense. It's kind of tough in spite of all the injuries and whatnot. Pretty special. So... He gets it done. And on the other end, Tom Brady, man, he was kicking himself after this game. Uh, he goes 30 for 44, 312 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, look, Tom Brady, I I just don't think he's got it anymore. I think Father Time has finally caught up to him. I think the red zone offense for this Bucks team has been abysmal this year. Uh, for them to, to score 23 points is almost like a, a Christmas miracle for them. Uh, the the Bucks go out and drop this one to the Bengals. This is not the same team, and I think Tom Brady being gone for the Bucks next year is going to be a good thing. But they're going to have to go out and find their quarterback in the future. They're staring down a possible early teens, late top ten type of pick um, moving into the draft. So you know, get excited for that one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they're on their way for. Uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Commanders. The Giants beat the Commanders 20-12. to Look, this one was sort of a snooze fest for Sunday Night Football. Um, you know, it was boring as all hell. Came down to came down to the wire. Um, and I'm going to be talking about NFL officiating uh, in, in a little bit here after when I talk about the, the last game I want to talk about. But, you know, the Giants go out and, and uh, they, they get lucky here, realistically. The referees missed a pass interference call in the end zone. Um, definitely should have been PI. Definitely better should have moved up to the one. Um, it was a, a pass interference on a fourth down, um, and and the Giants get the W based on that. Now look, I'm I'm of the same school as Tyler, where you shouldn't leave the game in the refs' hands. 
But NFL officiating was so atrocious this last week. They were so bad that we're going to be discussing what's going on. And this game was no exception. This game was no exception. It was terrible. Historically terrible. And I don't know that, that anybody can argue with me about it. I don't think anybody I, I don't think anybody would argue with me about it, to be honest. NFL officiating was bad this weekend. This game and and, and this game like it, it was a situation where bad officiating costed a team the game. Really. It was, it was just bad. But at the end of the day, the Giants wound up getting the W 20-12. The Giants' playoff hopes remain alive. They're 8-5-1. The Commanders are still alive in the playoffs, but, man, they're teetering on the edge here, and the Lions are nipping at their heels. Right now, Commanders hold that spot by the one tie that they had. Um, Daniel Jones played mistake-free football. He was fine. Saquon Barkley, 18 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. Boring defensive game, but, hey, that's football. Uh, Taylor Heineke, <clears throat> 17 for 29, 249. He did have a touchdown on the day. Uh, look, the, the Washington Commanders, they, they play hard for him, for, for Taylor Heineke. But, man, they, they just, their offense is just sort of low scoring. The, the strength of this team has been their defense for a while. I also want to point out, though, Brian Robinson had 12 carries for 89 yards in this game. He had a 7.4 average. Why didn't you just run Brian Robinson down their throats for the whole game? Why was it a requirement for Taylor Heineke to throw the ball 29 times? I would have ran Brian Robinson until the cows came home, until they decided to stop him. Because they had no no uh, uh, answer for Brian Robinson. None. They had zero answer. Run Brian Robinson into the, into the fucking ground until, he, until they decide to stop him. That could have been a record-setting day for him. I mean, it really could have. Um, and speaking of rookies that had great days, Jahan Dotson, four receptions for 105 and a touchdown. Look, Jahan Dotson's a special receiver. I do think he's better than Curtis Samuel at this point. And uh, I called that. I called Jahan Dotson as being a good receiver uh, before the season started and kind of an underrated one that not many people were looking at. Here we are, Jahan Dotson, four receptions, 105 and a TD. So, hey, you know, I, I mean, the, the they have their weapons in order they have their weapons in place. I just, you know, to be honest with you, Riverboat Ron may be going off the deep end. Maybe I'm I'm missing something here. But the Commanders go out and drop one to the, the Giants 20-12. to 12. And then, last but not least, the Packers go out and get a W. And believe it or not, after the crappy season the Green Bay Packers have had, their playoff hopes are still alive. And they do it in this game by dashing the playoff hopes of the L.A. Rams. They're officially eliminated. Uh, look, the Packers, man, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know how the hell they're still alive in this thing. But Aaron Rodgers goes 22 for 30, 229. He gets a touchdown. He does throw a pick in the game. A.J. Dillon had 11 carries for 36 yards, two touchdowns on the day. I mean, the Rams aren't a good team. So, I mean, I kind of expected the Packers to win this game, and I did predict Packers to win. But, you know what? I I just can't believe the Packers are, are keeping their playoff hopes alive. I just can't believe that right now. It's just crazy to me. Uh, but they, they do go out and get this one uh, done, 24-12. to 12. Uh, The Rams are just a dumpster fire. They are officially, um, they, have, they have tied the Denver Broncos from 1999 for the worst finish and the worst uh, record 
um, by a Super Bowl winner the following year. So the LA Rams are now four and ten, and uh, they're officially uh, the the worst Super Bowl winner of all time. Basically, is what what we're hearing. And then, last but not least, the game I wanted to talk about. The game I felt was the game of the week. One of the most exciting games of the week. It did happen on Saturday. I kind of skipped over it because I want to talk about this one a little bit. The Minnesota Vikings. My Minnesota Vikings. They go. They win this game against the Indianapolis Colts 39-36. to In what was the largest comeback in NFL history. Uh, they were down 33-0 to at the half. Look, first of all, the Minnesota Vikings played horrible football in the first half of this football game. The first 30 minutes of this game was an absolute mess. It was. It was a mess. The big thing that I want to point out here, and and a lot of folks aren't blaming Ed Donatel. They don't want to blame Ed Donatel uh, in his defense, and, and I, get, I understand why. Ed Donatel's defense, realistically, only gave up a touchdown in this game. I understand that. Here's my thing. Ed Donatel's defense, in a lot of these situations, the first 10 points of this game were on Ed Donatel's defense. Let's just put it that way. Let's throw it out there. Look, the Colts, they, they had a good kick return. I get it, to start the game off. And then they marched downfield like it was nothing, like it was child's play. And and the Vikings stood up on the on the one, and they, they had a great goal line stand to, to keep the Colts out of the end zone. Still, result, the drive resulted in three points. Then the Vikings went out and allowed them to march downfield and, you know, score a touchdown. I mean, I mean, it's just, it is what it is at this point. <clears throat> um... I, I, I mean, looking at the scoring breakdown of this game and just seeing <laughs> how things went, um, and, I, and I'm looking up the, uh, the, one of the, uh, some of the stats here real quick, one of the, the statistics. Um, this game was, it was an atrocious mess by the, by the Vikings, um, realistically, uh, but they do get it done. I understand they do get it done. I understand why people are excited. Greatest comeback in NFL history. But it was a mess. Ed Donatel, you know, like a lot of people don't want to blame Ed Donatel. Here's what I'm looking at. First and foremost, Chase McLaughlin drives downfield, 11 plays, 44 yards. The, the, the Colts do. Chase McLaughlin kicks 26-yard field goal. And then the block punt. We had the block punt. Bad blocking all around. But the, the block punt, they take it back touchdown I mean it is what it is Deion Jackson gets a one yard pass from Matt Ryan that was a seven play 66 yard drive so now we've allowed two drives at this point and over 100 yards of offense and then we have the short field you know Chase McLaughlin kicks a a 28 yard field goal they go six plays 21 yards then they go three and out on the, the the fake punt and kick a field goal then Julian Blackman with the interception takes it back to the house then they drive down the field nine plays 65 yards like a 27 yard field goal so now at this point ed donatel's defense is is officially i can i can say they're responsible for 13 of the 33 points you know i i mean 
I, I get that we don't want to blame Ed Donatel, and I, I get that we want to be happy about about Ed Donatel um, and and what he accomplished in this in the second half of this game. The Vikings defense did show up in the second half of this football game, but Ed Donatel still responsible for over a third of those points. <laughs> I mean that's that's what it is at the end of the day. His defense gave up a, lot, a decent amount of yardage for at least 13 points. I understand they're short fields, so he did hold them in those short fields. But still, at the end of the day, um, those are big drives that, that his defense gave up willy-nilly. And, and when I was watching those drives, I was pissed. because And, and I, I don't know that... I, I With the way that team was playing in the first half, if those were longer drives that led to Chase McLaughlin kicks the sixth place for 22 yard, or 21 yards or, you know, the uh, set, what, three plays for nine yards or whatever. You know, I these these drives, I think they would have fallen on Ed, Ed Donatel in the first half and he would have, you know, given up, his defense would have given up 70 yards. I really believe that. But at the end of the day, the Vikings wind up being showing that they're the most resilient team in football. I would probably say they are at this point. Uh, K.J. Osborne, I mean, the Vikings drive 88 yards, touchdown pass K.J. Osborne. They drive eight plays, 75 yards, get a touchdown to C.J. Hamm. Uh, six plays, 61 yards, touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson. Five plays for 50 yards, touchdown pass to Adam Thielen. Uh, they, they, you know, get get uh, Dalvin Cook taken off on a... On a uh, you know, a, a fourth down, basically. One play, 64 yards. I mean, it was huge. Greg Joseph kicks the, the game winner in overtime. Look, that it was a full, complete team team win uh, for the Vikings. But, man, I, I got to tell you, this first half was abysmal. It was terrible, and I was getting ready to yell and scream and rant. Um, first thing I want to point out is pro football focus, shame on you. Shame on pro football focus. And I have said that I don't like their quarterback ratings uh, in general. I understand Kirk Cousins did not play well in the first half, but he played extremely well in the second half. And Pro Football Focus gave him like a 32 PFF grade. Like, I don't understand how you can do that. I don't understand because Kirk Cousins played good football. 34 for 54, 460 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, like, he did throw two picks in the game, including a pick six. But, I mean, gaudy stat line here. He was fairly accurate. I mean, I don't understand it. He basically put the team on his back. It, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins need to ha, needs to have a 100 PFF score or be in the 90s or anything like that. But to put him in a 32 or a 37 or whatever the hell it was, that's eh, kind of iffy. That's kind of question. That's uh, questionable. I mean, it, it it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, as for the officiating, NFL officiating had a really bad weekend, an awful weekend. Calling back two return fumbles for touchdowns for Chan and Sullivan. And and that that was like the and they had bad ball spots in this game. They had bad ball spots in the Lions game last week. Um, there were situations during that Lions game where I was wondering why are we measuring here? Why does this require a measurement to to show that we got the first down? Or why does it why does it require uh, you know a second look to make sure we got the first down. It seemed like like they were almost out to get the Vikings, and it seems like way it's been that way all year. Referees, I mean, have been fucking the Vikings all year long, and it's been crazy. And I know that that I bitched years ago about you know the referees giving the Lions a hard time, 
The problem is, is that the Vikings, this is much more blatant <laughs> than anything I've, I think I've ever seen. How do you call back a, a pair of scooping scores? And that's what they were. They were scooping score touchdowns. How do you call those back? It just doesn't make sense. Um, how do you, uh, uh, how do you have a, a, a referee during the Washington game plow into your safety and, and plow into to a safety for for one of the teams and allow a touchdown? Like how is that? How does that happen? How does this happen? Referees have been terrible all year, particularly to the Minnesota Vikings, but it's a league wide. NFL officiating needs to, the NFL officials and NFL officiating in the NFL, they need to be suspending referees for shit like this. Two scoop and scores called back, called dead? It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It was an absolute failure on the part of the officials in this game. And it's been league-wide. It was a failure in the, in the Giants-Commanders game. They've been awful this year. Absolutely awful. As for the Vikings, I hope that what we saw in the second half of this game carries over for the rest of the season. Because, wow, they were just explosive and dynamic and special, and they, they all of their playmakers came alive in the second half. Every playmaker that they had, Dalvin Cook, 17 carries, 95 yards, and then he had the four receptions for 95 yards. He had a huge game, 190 yards from scrimmage. K.J. Osborne finally showed up. We were wondering where the hell K.J. Osborne was. 10 receptions, 157 and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 12 receptions, 123 and a touchdown. And I also want to point out that Justin Jefferson made a really sick move on that touchdown pass to him. Really sick move. That's highlight reel shit. Adam Thielen finally shows up. Three receptions, 41. He gets in the end zone. So, I mean... <clears throat> Everybody got involved. It was a full team win. But, man, the Minnesota Vikings cannot let the first half get away with them or get away from them the way that they did in this game. And I and I was I, I thought we were frauds. I, I flat now now the Vikings next week are gonna have to prove that they're not frauds because even though they executed the greatest comeback of all time, uh, there's no reason why you should have been down at halftime 33 to nothing against the Indianapolis Colts. No reason. It's a complete mess. But the Vikings, they go out and get it done. 39-36. They clinch the NFC North in this situation. Uh, the Colts fall to 4-9-1. They're looking at a potential top five pick if they continue this uh, this trend here. But the Vikings, man, they show up. They stick with the number two seed. And uh, they've got a, a tough matchup coming up here against the Giants. Uh, <clears throat> now, next up, I want to talk about our top ten. And those are our scores, by the way, for uh, week 15 in the NFL, and now we've got uh, our top 10 going on here. In our top 10 performances of the week, we had some huge performances uh, go on this week. Uh, we're we're going to jump right into them. Number 10, and this is, I, I was laughing as I got number 10 down, because Tyler was talking about how in my top 10 and stuff, I always put these obscure Vikings defensive players in my top 10. Well, here's our obscure Vikings player of the week. Number 10 goes to Duke Shelley. That's right. A backup corner getting six targets. He only allowed two passes for 15 yards uh, to be given up. 
on six targets. I mean, that's huge. He had two passes defended. He had an 83.9 defensive grade, according to Pro Football Focus, and an 88.3 coverage grade. Duke Shelley had himself a hell of a game uh, against a Colts team that was having their way with the Minnesota Vikings. So he gets it done. Number 10 on our top 10 here. Number 9. Goes to Latavius Murray, 24 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. I just got done talking about Latavius and, and all of his special shit he's been doing there in Denver uh, for the last couple of weeks. This was no different. Latavius comes out there tearing it up for Denver this week. He winds up as number nine on our list. Number eight goes to Josh Allen, 25 for 40, 304 yards, four touchdowns on the day. Josh Allen had himself a really, really good game against a, uh, a Miami defense that is a little rough around the edges. It was a high-scoring affair. Josh Allen wound up getting it done um, and, and getting his team downfield for that game-winning field goal uh, in, in the snow there. So Josh Allen deserves all the credit in the world. He winds up as number eight. He's still in that MVP conversation. We can't forget that. But another guy that's in that MVP conversation on this show and in real life that should be looked at as a potential MVP guy if he winds up breaking the record, Justin Jefferson, winds up as number seven. Uh, 12 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Look, Justin Jefferson is on pace to break the receiving yardage record. I really hope he does. I think it would be fun to watch. I think he's the best receiver in football, and a lot of people don't give him enough credit. Justin Jefferson is a special receiver and the Minnesota Vikings need to make sure they lock him down at the end of the year for the long term. Jefferson's special man and and he's something else. Uh just getting getting it done this year. And and uh he's been the guy for the Vikings all year long. He was the guy for the Vikings all year long last year and now we're on pace for a potential record-setting season. So Justin Jefferson gets it done uh, and is our number 7 on the top 10. Number 6 A.J. Brown, nine receptions, 181 yards on the day. 181 yards. God damn. A.J. Brown is a uh, a special receiver. I think the Titans are probably kicking themselves for letting him walk out the door and picking up Traylon Burks. Um, It's just a total condemnation on the the Tennessee Titans, really, to be perfectly honest with you. But A.J. Brown... Goes out and gets it done. Nine receptions, 181. He shows up for the Eagles in this game. Uh, next up, I just got done talking about him. Kirk Cousins is number five on our list. 34 for 54, 460 yards, to four touchdowns, two interceptions. Look, if we Kirk doesn't have the interceptions, including the pick six, he's higher on this list. Really. I mean, he the, the fact that Pro Football Focus gave him such a low grade, um, just... That kind of grinds my gears a little bit. I think Kirk Cousins deserved to have a higher grade than he did. He deserved more credit than he got uh, for this comeback win. He had himself a hell of a game, and a lot of people are, are you know, just kind of overlooking just how good Kirk was last uh, last week. This is the kind of Kirk Cousins stuff that I hope to see going into the playoffs. I hope to see Kirk Cousins throwing the ball around, putting up over 400 yards, four touchdowns on the day. If he goes into the playoffs doing that, I'm feeling really hunky-dory about what we're seeing from the Minnesota Vikings. But Kirk Cousins winds up as number five on the list. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. He's no stranger to this list. 36 for 41, 336 yards, two touchdowns. He had played mistake-free football and was very, very accurate in this game against Houston in spite of the fact that Houston's defense is very good against opposing quarterbacks. Patty Mahomes goes out and does Patty Mahomes things 
Um, it wasn't a huge game, but it really wasn't a bad game. And that two touchdowns, 336, it was the accuracy that did it for me, though. That was 36 for 41. I mean, that's special. Uh, number three goes to Trevor Lawrence, 27 for 42, 318 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. I don't know what the hell is going on with Trevor Lawrence. Maybe his hair just, you know, is giving him superpowers or something. But, man, he's been red hot the last few weeks here. Uh, he goes out and gets a, a W against a very tough Cowboys team and winds up throwing four touchdowns in the process. I don't think anybody saw it coming. But, hey, I'm here for it. And the Jags do have a path to making the uh, the playoffs here. So Trevor Lawrence has a huge game, gets it done. He winds up as number three on our list. Number two goes to kind of a surprising guy. He woke up, K.J. Osborne. Uh, Ten receptions for 157 yards. He had a touchdown. He woke up. Look, everybody thought K.J. Osborne was going to be the number two for the Minnesota Vikings this year. Everybody thought it was going to happen. Everybody thought Thielen was going to slow down. K.J. has not shown up until this last week against uh, the Colts, and then he finally showed up, had himself a huge game, um, and and K.J. Osborne proving that he can be the number two. Uh, This is one of those occasions where I'm – I want to see if KJ is actually capable, or is this like the Gabe the Gabe Davis thing, where where you know he's going to have a huge game and everybody's going to be talking about how he should be the number two, and then he's going to be so hit or miss throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but KJ gets it done. It was some of the best play I've ever seen from him. It was his first hundred yard game, so I, I just want to point that out. He goes out and gets 157 in the greatest comeback of all time. So hey, KJ Osborne winds up as number two, and number one. Goes to Ramadre Stevenson. Um, On an injured ankle, Stevenson goes 19 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. He has a 9.1 average on the day. Now, look, I understand his lateral back to Jacoby Myers, who eventually lateraled it right to Chandler Jones for the the loss, was part of the reason why the Patriots lost his game. But Ramadre Stevenson had himself a huge game. He was the sole reason why the Patriots were still in this game. Uh, so, Ramadre Stevenson winds up as number one on our top ten. Uh, moving into the Forgetful Five, and by the way, just before we jump into the Forgetful Five, the guys leading the charge right now in the MVP race for the show here, Justin Jefferson, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, are all in, in that uh, that discussion right now. So, Kind of interesting to talk about. We're going to see if if uh, Justin Jefferson may be able to wind up being the the MVP of the show. I mean, normally we're talking quarterbacks, huh? But, hey, could be Justin Jefferson this year. Uh, next up, the forgetful five. We're going to talk about the shittiest performances of the of the week. And we're going to start out, start out with number five, the Indianapolis Colts second-half team in general. Just in general. <laughs> they were just so bad. Um, it, they, they gave up the 39 points in the second half, let the Vikings basically do whatever they wanted. I mean, they deserve every bit of razzing that they got in this uh, with this game. I mean, really, they deserve every bit of it. Uh, number two goes to Mac Jones, or I'm sorry, number four goes to Mac Jones, 13 for 31, 112 yards. I mean... Just a horrible game. You're under 50% completion percentage um, against a really shitty Raiders defense. I mean, he he looked so awful. Um, and and I, I'm just convinced Mac Jones is not the guy anymore. I, I mean, the, the Patriots, to me, better start looking for a new QB. 
because Mac Jones doesn't have the arm strength to do it. He's not a good quarterback. He's proven that. Uh, where we thought last year maybe we were all wrong when we were shitting on Mac Jones, uh-uh. We learned that Mac Jones is a bust, and we learned Mac Jones is a bum, and he's proving it this year. So we're at 100% right there. Um, next up is Colt McCoy, 13 for 21, 78 yards and a touchdown. And then going hand-in-hand hand with him is also just above him is Trace McSorley, going 7 for 15 for 95 yards and two touchdowns. I put these two together because they're both of the backup quarterbacks for the Arizona Cardinals. They played like shit this week. Let's be real. Colt McCoy is still out with a concussion. So Trace McSorley to get the start this week, which is about to be a nightmare. Arizona gets eliminated from the playoffs. Just a bad game in general. So the uh, the forgetful five, you wind up with uh, Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. But number one goes to a guy. And the reason those two wound up as, as three and two on the forgetful five is because they didn't play a full game of football. The guy who did play a full game of football and played like shit was Tyler's boy, Tyler Huntley. Uh, 17 for 30, 138 yards and a pick. You know, Tyler talked all year long last year about how he felt Tyler Huntley could be the, the big starter for the, the Ravens. And, you know, uh, eh, not so much. Not so much from what I'm seeing. I think Tyler Huntley was fool's gold last year. And uh, he winds up as number one on the forgetful five for his atrocious game. Just awful against the Cleveland Browns. So that is our forgetful five. Moving into our rookie rankings. The outside looking in really hasn't changed much, but we had, did have a few minor changes to our top 10 uh, rankings for the rookies. And I want to jump into it. Number 10 goes to Aiden Hutchinson. He drops one spot. Um, the defensive end from Detroit. He's got a 78 PFF grade. His grades have been steadily improving. He had an 83.4 defensive grade against the Jets. He winds up as number 10 on the list. Look, Aiden Hutchinson's a special player. I'm excited to see that he made his way onto this list after going number one overall and kind of sitting on the outside looking in. And He he's he was on this list after week one, and then after that, eh, he wasn't there. Look, Hutch is, is a good player. Nobody's saying he's a bad player. As a defensive end, he's been special for Detroit. He's been double teamed a lot. He's been taking on those double teams. But he's now turning it up a little bit. Pass rush leaves something a little bit to desire to be desired, but he's a good run-stopping defensive end, and the best ones are. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a good player. Uh, he does drop a spot, but it is through no fault of his own because his grades improved. But a guy whose grades improved even more is our number nine guy, is Michael Clemens, the defensive end for the New York Jets. Uh, quietly having himself a good year, 78.2 PFF grade. So that goes to show you just how... Uh, close they are grading wise. Uh, Clemens has an 86.4 run defense grade, a 79.9 tackling grade. He has a, he had an awesome game versus a very strong Lions offensive line. It included uh, a 78.3 run defense grade against Detroit. I mean, Clemens did a great job this last week, and he's been improving as well. Uh, Hutchinson and Clemens are going to be kind of in lockstep. I can see moving forward where they're battling with each other to see who's the better defensive end, but. Uh, Clemens, Michael Clemens from New York winds up as the number nine. Uh, number eight goes to Jack Jones, the corner out of New England. Jones has been on this list. Uh, he suffered a knee injury in week 14. He wound up sitting out week 15. Um, he's going to take a tumble here on this list if he doesn't become available this week. Um, you know, one of the big things for us is 
Availability and reliability, we always talk about that. Jack Jones has been a great player, but is he available? Is he reliable to be on the field? You know, like where is Jack Jones in all this? He winds up as number eight. Uh, he's got a 74.7 PFF grade, a 76 coverage grade. we got to find out what's going on with that knee. Like I said, if he doesn't show up on the field this week, we could see a really good player in Jack Jones wind up sliding out of the top ten, which would be interesting to, to see. Uh, number seven, Kenneth Walker, 72.8 PFF grade, 79.9 rushing grade. Um, look, well, the Walker, well, the Walker's numbers don't exactly say it. Uh, he still ran pretty effectively in spite of question, a questionable workload. He only had 12 carries. He's taken on one of the toughest defenses in the league against the run in the San Francisco 49ers. And I know Alex has been advocating, get him off the list. He needs to be off the list. He needs to tumble down the list. Look, when you're only getting 12 carries a game and you're still producing good numbers, I, I, I'm kind of faulting the coach here. Um, and, and I know that we want to get excited about, oh, well, you know, maybe he would – well, he, he should be doing better. No, 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 no. It's, it's not him. Oh, maybe his yardage total should be higher. No, 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 no. Pete Carroll needs to give the guy the ball. You know, and that becomes becoming a problem. So Kenny Walker winds up as number seven. In the next couple of weeks, if, if you know, he doesn't start moving in the right direction, we could see Kenny Walker fall off the top ten. But Kenneth Walker winds up as number seven. Number six goes to Damian Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans. He has a 78.9 PFF grade and 84.8 rushing grade. He also didn't play last week due to injury. It, again, it's just the same thing as Jack Jones, reliability and availability. He may find himself falling further down this list if he doesn't become healthy, but uh, Damian Pierce winds up as number six on the list. we got to keep an eye on him. A guy that started climbing this list again after being number one for several weeks and then he fell off and now he's climbing the list back again is Drake London, uh, the wide receiver from Atlanta. He has a 77.8 PFF grade, a 79.2 receiving grade. He had himself a decent game against a really tough Saints defense. Seven receptions, 70 yards. He needs more end zone, look, more end zone looks, but... Um, you know, Drake London's a good player. He did lose his second fumble of the season in this game, which kind of affected his grades a little bit, but he's still climbing. And that's the thing. He's still climbing. He's been available. He played well this week. So Drake London <clears throat> winds up as number five on the list. Number four goes to Garrett Wilson, uh, the wide receiver from the New York Jets. 82.7 PFF grade, 86.3 receiving grade. He had four receptions on nine targets for 98 yards. You know, he had, he had some trouble making separation against a very iffy Lions pass defense, to be honest with you. But he also has a problem with Zach Wilson at quarterback because Zach Wilson's awful. Still producing numbers, though, uh, against this Lions team. But that shit is not going to fly when you're taking on better pass defenses. Uh, Garrett Wilson remains at number four. He's been battling with our next guy to see if he can rise up, and that's Chris Olave, the wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Um, 84.6 PFF grade. 85.4 receiving grade. He had three catches on four targets for 53 yards in this game. He failed to get in the end zone for the third straight game. Uh, somewhat pedestrian numbers, but, you know, again, this is the same problem for Garrett Wilson as it is for Olave. Bad quarterback play. Uh, Andy Dalton is not good. He's a horrible quarterback. And yet Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, in spite of these bad quarterback play, they both have produced numbers, which shows that they're they're special players, and and they were special at Ohio State, and they're they're special here. So, um, both these guys wind up as three or four, three and four. Uh, number two goes to a guy that you know kind of had a little bit of a bounce back game. He came back strong. Kyle Hamilton, 
the safety out of Baltimore. He has an 80.5 PFF grade, a 75.6 run defense grade, 78.1 pass rush, and a 78.2 coverage grade. I mean, he came back strong after a bad game versus the Steelers. He had a few missed tackles, but he ultimately had a really strong game. Kyle Hamilton is a good safety. He's one of the better safeties in this league. People just aren't talking about him enough. He's a solid player. Um, and, and the Baltimore Ravens wound up getting a steal when he slid to him. Remember, he was set to go top three this year and wound up sliding to the early teens. I mean, damn. <laughs> but uh, Kyle Hamilton winds up as number two. And number one, once again, goes to Ahmad Sauce Gardner, uh, the corner for the New York Jets. 87.9 PFF grade, a 72.6 run defense grade, which is up big time, a 62.1 pass rush grade, and an 89.6 coverage grade. He only allowed one reception on two targets for six yards. Uh, I mean, hey, he, he's just the man at this point. Number one corner in the league uh, as a rookie. This is a special pickup. This is a guy that gets it. And uh, I, I can't get over how good Sauce Gardner has been this year for the New York Jets. We knew he was going to be a decent corner. I know Tyler was really big on Derek Stingley. Everybody kept talking about Derek Stingley. Uh-uh. The story is Ahmad Sauce Gardner. I mean, the Sauce Boss, baby. He's number one on our rookie rankings. Once again, this is like the third week in a row. Him and Kyle Hamilton were jousting for a minute. But Sauce is starting to run away with this. Um, and that's our rookie rankings. Um for this week. Uh, jumping into our news around the league, and there's not a ton, so we're, we're going to jump right in here. Uh, first and foremost, the I, I want, we want to offer our condolences real quick to the uh, Hall of Famer Franco Harris. He passed away at the age of 72 this week. Um, the man was responsible for the immaculate reception. He was a hell of a receiver for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for years. Um, gold jacket guy, and uh, he passes away at the age of 72. So our condolences to uh, Franco Harris's family um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, and they were just getting ready to celebrate that, that immaculate reception that occurred in the Super Bowl all those years ago. So um, just a, a tough go there, a, a tough go. But at, at the end of the day, Franco Harris, man, rest in peace, man. Uh, next up. We've got the Commanders defensive end Chase Young. He He's set to make his 2022 season debut on Saturday versus the 49ers. Uh, you know, Chase Young, obviously, we've been waiting for him to get on the field. It, it was looking like a couple weeks ago that he was going to wind up making his debut. You know, not so much. And now here we are. We're They're right on at the edge of, of uh, the playoffs, and they're, they, they could make the playoffs. And to see, to see him coming back this week, that's going to be huge. For the Washington Commanders, so Chase Young winds up uh, making his way back onto the field. Uh, next up, we've got a little bit of an elephant in the room. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is out for this week versus the Cowboys due to a shoulder injury. Not good news leading into the playoffs, but they got to rest him up if they're going to have a shot at winning. Gardner Minshew is set to get the start. Uh, good news for the Vikings there. I mean, they if, if the Eagles lose and the Vikings win, the Vikings are one step closer to taking that number one seed. If you get the Eagles knocked to the two seed, that could be something special. Uh, Eagles, they're going to be, they're going to have their work cut out for them against a really, really tough Dallas defense. Uh, going to be interesting. Uh, also, uh, with quarterback injuries, the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson is out for the third straight game due to his knee injury. Tyler Huntley is make, set to make his third straight start versus the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, at least it's against the Falcons, because the Falcons are kind of ass, but at the same time, 
ooh, man, that's going to be a, a tough go uh, having Tyler Huntley, who has not played well uh, this this uh, year. Also in Raver, or Ravenland, rather, um, the Packers waived wide receiver Sammy Watkins this week. The Ravens claimed him off of waivers amid a shortage of receivers they have, and they do have a major shortage of receivers. Uh, so, because uh, Devin Duvernay was placed on IR this week due to a foot injury. So the way, the Ravens wind up getting themselves a, a wide receiver, but they wind up losing one of their better weapons in Devin Duvernay, who's actually been decent for them this year. So an interesting situation, uh, to say the least. The Ravens could be slipping down the mountain here after a hot start. They're at 9-5 and five right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up, the Colts. <clears throat> they go out and bench quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, they're going to start Nick Foles versus the Chargers on Monday Night Football. <clears throat> and they also placed running back Jonathan Taylor on season-ending IR due to a high ankle sprain. Look, the Colts are are a dumpster fire. I can see why they benched Matt Ryan, because Matt Ryan did not play well versus the, the Vikings. Um, couldn't get it done. I mean, you you blow a 33 to, to nothing lead as a starting quarterback in this league. You're responsible for two of the largest comebacks in uh, NFL history. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're going... You're going to be sitting down on the bench. Personally, I think Nick Foles is the better quarterback anyway. I never thought I'd hear myself say that because I don't like Nick Foles. But, hey, it's it's a smarter move for them to have him on the field. Um, next up, Jets QB Zach Wilson got the start last night uh, versus the Jags. Mike White was ruled out for the second straight game due to a rib injury. Um, Zach Wilson did not play well, and we'll be talking about that shortly. Uh, he was a dumpster fire. I still don't understand why Joe Flacco's not on the field. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, the Jets, are, if they're going to gut it out with Zach Wilson, hey, more power to them. I think they're uh, being kind of fucking stupid about that anyway, though. Uh, next up, the Cardinals. QB Kyler Murray, they found out he has a clean tear of his ACL. His status for 2023 is officially up in the air. Colt McCoy was also ruled out with a concussion for this week. Therefore, Trace McSorley gets the start for the Arizona Cardinals this week. Let's hope uh, he has a better game than he did last week because that 7-for-15 is uh, an absolute goddamn nightmare. Uh, next up, Titans QB, Ryan Tannehill. He's out with an ankle injury versus the Texans. Malik Willis is to uh, draw the start. If you remember, Willis started against the Texans earlier this year, and... If you also remember, Derrick Henry ran all over him. <clears throat> the the big thing is is that Malik Willis has done this before, and he's not going to have much work to do. It's Derrick Henry running against the Texans. Derrick Henry shreds the Texans every single time they face each other. The Texans can't stop him. So, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a, an absolute shit show for the Texans, I think. I think the... Uh, the, the Tennessee Titans are just going to maul them, namely Derrick Henry. Uh, next up, Bears running back Khalil Herbert is set to return versus the Bills. Uh, you know, Khalil Herbert, to me, is the better runner between him and David Montgomery, so it's a breath of fresh air for the, the Bears to get uh, uh, Khalil Herbert back on the field. I think he should be the starter. And, um, yeah, it, it it's just a, a – to me, I, I on a rookie contract, right, for Khalil Herbert, I, I don't think David Montgomery is a bad running back, but I also don't think that they should be paying David Montgomery big money. I, honestly, I, I don't think David Montgomery is the better running back of the two. If I had a choice, I would take Khalil Herbert on the rookie deal. 
And that way I can use the cap space that I have to find other pieces. Because Khalil Herbert's the better runner as long as he can stay healthy. So the the Bears wind up getting a huge weapon back there. Uh, the Eagles also wound up getting a weapon back this week. Dallas Goddard was activated off of injured reserve. He suffered a shoulder injury a few weeks back. He is back in the fold. So that's good news for Gardner Minshew and company going up against a Dallas team that has actually a really great defense out there. Uh, Chargers corner J.C. Jackson was booked into a Bristol County, Massachusetts uh, uh, prison due to a nonviolent family issue. Uh, he was on IR at the time. Uh, nobody knows any details at this moment, but J.C. Jackson getting himself into some trouble. He was on IR. He's having a bad year this year um, as a member of the Chargers. So, I mean, it gets worse. You know, there's it's the quicksand. And last but not least, medical examiners have determined that the death of Mike Zimmer's son, Adam Zimmer, who was also a defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, um, it was due to chronic alcohol abuse. Uh, it, just a, a crazy situation. <clears throat> Adam Zimmer, I mean, by all counts, has always been a great dude. Um, and a lot of people just love the crap out of the guy. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, it, it's a sad situation. So uh, our condolences to the Zimmer family. Uh, they, they've had a rough go within the last two years here, uh, between the, the firing of Mike and then Adam losing his job or Adam losing his job on top of it. And then Adam passing away. It's just a crazy situation for the Zimmers. So my condolences to them. Um, and I, I have a feeling we're going to see Mike Zimmer back in the NFL soon enough, but the, uh, that is our news around the league. Not a ton going on this week. To be honest with you, it's been pretty quiet. Everybody's been been looking at the uh, at the uh, playoffs, and everybody's been looking at how these these playoff uh, this playoff picture is going to shape up. And uh, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, and as it currently stands, the team the following teams have clinched a playoff spot: uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Cincinnati Bengals have all clinched a playoff spot for the AFC. And on the NFC side, the Philadelphia Eagles have clinched a playoff spot. The Vikings have clinched their division and a playoff spot. The 49ers clinched their division and a playoff spot. And the Cowboys clinched a playoff spot. So we've got those spots available. The reason the Eagles at the number one seed and the Cowboys at the five seed are, um, they've only clinched the playoffs is because the Cowboys could technically catch the Eagles at this point. Eagles are going to have to clinch that division. Um, If they win this week, they clinch the division. So, I mean, they got to get a W this week against the Cowboys, or if they win any, really, of the next few games, they clinch a playoff spot. So, getting a little interesting here uh, for the uh, NFC East. Um, in the hunt right now, for the playoffs right now, you got the Buccaneers, who are, are still leading their division. They're 6-8, and eight and they're first in the NFC South. They're going to have to clinch that division in order to make the playoffs, and right now, they're, they're in you know, dire straits trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. They got the Cardinals next, which actually could be a really good matchup for them to get to seven and eight. Um, but they're tracking, they're tracking right now to be one of the teams that winds up making the playoffs with a losing record, which I hate. I absolutely hate, but the bucks are, are, uh, in the hunt right now. <clears throat> the New York giants right now are in the hunt. They're eight, five and one. They're third in the NFC East. And the Washington Commanders, they're 7-6-1. You could see the entire NFC East get into the playoffs this year, by the way. That could be a possibility. So I I just think everybody should uh, be prepared for that. Additionally, teams that uh, are in the AFC, uh, the Tennessee Titans are in the hunt right now. They're 7-7. Yeah, they're, they're first in the AFC South, but... 
The Jags are now nipping at their heels. The Jags have an opportunity to really make their way into the playoffs, take the division. The Titans have tough matchups going up, going on. Ryan Tannehill's hurt. This could get interesting, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, the Ravens right now are the second in the AFC North. Uh, they're taking on the Falcons this week. They have an opportunity to move up, but I don't think they're going to wind up ousting the Bengals from that spot unless Lamar Jackson is back on the field. The Ravens right now are number five. Number six as of right now is the L.A. Chargers, who actually uh, they have a favorable matchup against the Colts this week. They're eight and six right now, second in the AFC West. And uh, the Chargers, you know, they've played some really close games lately, but they could make their way into the playoffs, although they could lose lose their spot as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars are sitting there at number nine. They're making their way up the ranks. Who knows what's going to happen there? And then sort of a surprise at number seven is the Miami Dolphins. They're eight and six right now. If the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, this is a travesty because they have been so good this year. Uh, they're, they're the seven seed as it stands right now. And for them to be a seven seed just so just shows the strength of this, uh, of this AFC side. I mean, and, they're not as dominant as we thought they were going to be on the AFC side, but at the same time, you know, it's very competitive on the AFC side of things. Um, teams that are eliminated right now, the Houston Texans, Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, the LA Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Indianapolis Colts are the six teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs this year. So uh, kind of an interesting thing. We're going to see how this thing pans out. I'm sure we're going to see more added to the list this upcoming week. But that's how our playoff picture is shaping up. So on the AFC side, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins. And then on the NFC side, you're looking at Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Cowboys are all clinched in the hunt. Buccaneers, Giants, Commanders. But let's also remember the Detroit Lions, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Green Bay Packers are all making their way up the ranks. They could very well squeak their way into the playoffs this time around. So get ready, folks. This one is going to get fun. I have a feeling it's going to come down to Week 18, which is one of my favorite football weekends of the year. So we're going to see how that pans out moving forward. And last but not least, we've got our predictions to go through. And, uh, you know, as it currently stands right now, looking at the, the standings, uh, Tyler is still leading by about one game. He's 140-82-2. I am 139-83-2. So I am right behind Tyler. I'm nipping at his heels. Um, Alex right now is in third. He's 136-86-2 on the season. And Andrew is 129-93-2. He is in fourth right now. Um, the other guys have sent me their predictions for the week. I'm going to go through mine. I'm pulling up the scores right now. Excuse me. Uh, so week 16 is a year. So let's start talking about some of these predictions. Here are your predictions for week 16 in the NFL. Uh, starting out with the Jags and the Jets. That happened last night. Everybody picked the Jags other than Alex. Alex was the only one picking the Jets. Uh, the Jags wound up getting the W there, so we got three guys that were right. Alex falls back by another game. Uh, next up, the Falcons and the Ravens. Uh, Tyler takes the Ravens. Andrew takes the Falcons. Alex takes the Ravens. I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens here as well. Uh, you know, as bad as Tyler Huntley is, 
The Falcons have Desmond Ritter on the field. Tyler Algier may do something special, but that Ravens run defense is, is really strong. It just makes sense here. I'm going with the Ravens in a tight one. Uh, next up, the Lions and the Panthers. You know, the Lions have been red hot. The Panthers defense, you know, they're sort of hot and then not week over week. I'm going with the Lions here. I think they're red hot. Uh, everybody else seems to have gone with the Lions as well. Tyler Lions, Andrew Lions, Alex Lions. So everybody's going with the Lions uh, this week. Uh, next up, Seahawks versus the Chiefs. Uh, everybody's going Chiefs, and I am as well. Look, the, the Seahawks have been playing their hearts out, and they could very well back their way into a playoff spot, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is something special, and I don't think the Seahawks can keep up. I don't think Geno Smith is as good, uh, nearly as good as uh, uh, Geno Smith is nearly as good as Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with the Chiefs here, uh, and the Chiefs add another one to their W column. Uh, next up, Saints versus the Browns. Sort of a shitty game here. Um, Tyler's going with the Browns. Andrew's going with the Browns. Alex going with the Saints. I'm going with the Browns. I, think, I just think that the Browns are the more complete football team, even though they're both shitty. I think the Browns are the better team. I'm going with the Browns here. Uh, next up, the Texans and the Titans. Uh, you know, Tyler, in, in, in one of the more interesting moves of the week, went with the Texans. Um, Andrew went with the Titans. Alex went with the Titans. Now, look, I understand that the Titans are a complete and absolute mess. Uh, at quarterback right now. But it's still Derrick Henry against the Texans. Derrick Henry's a great player. He always runs all over the Texans. He always tears them apart. I'm going with the Titans here. Uh, next up, Bengals and the Patriots. Uh, you know, Tyler takes the Bengals. Andrew takes the Bengals. Alex takes the Bengals. I also am taking the Bengals. The Bengals are red hot. The Patriots just lost that heartbreaker to the Raiders. They have not been playing good ball. They're on their way to not making the playoffs. Mm. Bengals all day. Uh, next up, the Giants and the Vikings. Alex, Tyler, and Andrew all took the Vikings. I, too, am taking the Vikings. Coming off of that red-hot second-half performance, I hope it carries over into this game. I want to see if the Vikings can get it done against the Giants team. We're going to find out. It's basically the fool's gold game. Who's fool's gold? I hope it's the I hope it's the Giants in this situation that they're that they're fools gold. Um, I want to see the Vikings dominate this game. I want to see the Vikings show up and beat the brakes off the New York Giants in Minnesota. I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, next up, we're looking at the Bills and the Bears. Uh, this one is a no-brainer to me. It's Bills at the board for everybody else. I I too am going with the Bills. Look, this is just not even a question. The Bears are trash. The Bills are great. It's a no-brainer. I'm going with the Bills. Uh, next up, the Commanders and the 49ers. Look, this is that tough schedule stuff that we were talking about with the Commanders moving into the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and go with the 49ers. Tyler takes the Niners. Alex takes the Niners. Andrew takes the Niners. I mean, this is a no-brainer to anybody else. Um, we're going with the Niners here across the board. I mean, it, it just makes sense. The Niners are on, are tracking to be one of the tougher teams in the playoffs, and uh, the Commanders, man, they got their work cut out for them against a very tough 49ers team. Uh, next up, the Eagles and the Cowboys. Look, I, I was thinking I would be taking the Eagles at first, but now that I'm seeing that it's going to be Gardner Minshew coming in, I'm going with the Cowboys. I mean, it's it just... 
If it was Jalen Hurts, we'd be having a different discussion here. But, but it's not. It's going to be Gardner Minshew. Go with the Cowboys. That's just what it's got to be. Uh, next up, the Raiders and the Steelers. Kind of a shit bowl here if I've ever seen one. Tyler goes with the Raiders. Uh, Andrew goes with the Steelers. And you got Alex going with the Steelers. Well, guess what? I'm going with Tyler here. I'm going with the Raiders. I, I think that the Raiders are... Um, even though they lost a, a heartbreaker a few weeks ago, the Raiders have been playing weirdly good football. I don't think the like they really have been, and they've been keeping their games tight. Believe it or not, uh, the Raiders right now. I mean, they're they're six and eight. Their playoff hopes are technically still alive. I mean, they could do what they did last year and back their way into the seventh seed again. I mean, I we saw it last year against this very steel or against the the Chargers, and then they they beat up on the Steelers the week before. I, I, I don't know. I'm going with the Raiders here. I think it's just a no-brainer. Um, Raiders going to be beating the Steelers. Next up, we got, uh, and, and also, you know, it's kind of a split split audience here, by the way. I, I think that's kind of interesting that, that Alex and Andrew both took the Steelers in this game. I'm going with the Raiders. They've been, they've, I think they've won four out of their last five. Next up, Packers and the Dolphins. Uh, you know what? Packers defense isn't good. Uh, I'm, I see Alex taking the Dolphins. I see Andrew taking the Dolphins. I see Tyler taking the Dolphins. And I, too, am taking the Dolphins. I mean, it just it just makes sense. I think the Dolphins are going to shred the Green Bay Packers. They're going to slash their uh, their playoff hopes and, and send them packing. So I'm going with the Dolphins here uh, in Miami. Uh, next up, you got the Broncos and the Rams. Uh, going to be a fun one here. It's going to be kind of a shit game, though. I'm going with the Broncos. Uh, I just... I don't trust the Rams at all at this point. I mean, and you never know which Baker Mayfield's going to show up. Uh, Andrew has taken the Rams, but Alex Tyler and myself have all taken the Broncos. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a complete mess. I'm going with the Broncos here. Next up, the Bucks and the Cardinals. You know, I um, I know we all think that that um, the Cardinals are better than their their record reflects, but. At the end of the day, the Cardinals have not been good this year. The Bucks are, are fighting for their playoff lives. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of us realize, even though Trace McSorley is going to be starting for the Cardinals. But I'm going with the Bucks. Tyler's going with the Bucks. Andrew's going with the Rams, believe it or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Andrew's going with the Cardinals, believe it or not. And Alex is going with the Cardinals as well. So, I mean, I, I don't understand why they're going with the Cardinals with Trace McSorley coming on the field. This is Buccaneers all day. I'm going with the Bucks. And last but not least, the Chargers and the Colts. Um, this is going to be Chargers for me all day. Uh, look, I, I think the Colts are basically toast at this point. I know everybody's going to be get excited. Oh, Big Dick Nick coming onto the field. And I know I'm not a Big Nick Foles fan. But the Chargers fighting for their playoff lives. I don't think Colts are good enough to be playing playoff spoiler in this situation. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chargers. And those are our predictions for uh, week 16 in the NFL. Now, before we take off here, folks, just got to give a shout-out to It's Your Time Massage. Uh, check out It's Your Time Massage over on Facebook, or you can look up IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does tremendous work. And uh, she does Swedish and deep tissue massages. She uses CBD oil. And, and uh, man, I got to tell you, it, it is something special. As a professional wrestler for the last 16 years, you know, getting my first massage a few years ago, I, I was able to stand up straight for the first time in a long time. It felt amazing. 
uh, I got to tell you, it, check out It's Your Thai Massage if you're looking for some relief there because it is excellent. Um, next up, facekicktapparel.com. Uh, Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife, Lisa, they do tremendous work over at uh, facekicktapparel.com. Uh, you know, her, shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, uh, pants, you name it, you pick it. He sticks it over at facekicktapparel.com for all of your custom clothing needs. Uh, just check it out. Facekick Apparel, man, they're something special. I, I definitely think you should you should uh, check them out if you're looking for custom T-shirts and whatnot. Um, I've seen some of their work. It's quality, high-end work. Sean just does a great job over there at Facekick Apparel. Uh, next up, Patch Miracle Photography. Um, look, folks, I, I've gone on and on about Patch Miracle and just how great they are, just how amazing uh, of, of a business that they that uh, Andrew runs, Andrew and his wonderful wife Chantel, um, they make your special day even more special. You get you have a wedding that that you're going to uh, be be hosting. Oh yeah, get Patch Miracle over there. They have the most high quality, outstanding pictures. They have such a great attitude, and they're focused on making your special day even more special. If you're looking for wedding photos, if you're looking for maternity photos, if you're looking for graduation photos, if you're looking for um, uh, first, you, you know, baby pictures, newborn pictures, if you're looking for for uh, um, to do a, a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, Patch Miracle Photography is the place to go. I highly recommend it. Check them out. Fa Patch Miracle Photography. Also, next up, I want to give a shout out to Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Big Will, our boy over there at Big Willie Dubs, he's doing some awesome stuff uh, streaming-wise. He's out there doing some Modern Warfare stuff. Really just having a blast over there. I'm very entertained by Big Willie Dubs Gaming. He's also on, on uh, TikTok now. You can check out some of his videos if you want to see what he's doing over there. I re highly recommend it. Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Check him out. Also, um, Condor's Gaming Corner. Our boy Alex Steele on this show, uh, he does uh, his own gaming channel as well. He's He does more of a, uh, you know, it's a lot of old school stuff, and he also does uh, the voice acting over there. I mean, and I'm usually, on, I believe I'm not mistaken, on Wednesdays. Uh, normally, Alex is able, here, able to come on here and tell you all about what he's doing, but hey, uh, I'll let you know. Check him out. If you're looking to be entertained, if you're looking to see new games that you haven't seen before, check him out. Condor's Gaming Corner, I highly recommend it. They're doing some excellent stuff over there. And, folks, that is our show. Um, we uh, Or my show, I guess, right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully Alex and Andrew will be back. Or, I'm sorry, Tyler and, and Alex, rather, will be back um, for the uh, next week's show. i got to get them back on. Uh, we're going to be recording next week, hopefully before the, the game start on Saturday. So, folks, I want to thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>